Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got some great stories, and our first story of the day is from JC Squires. What exactly is travel? In the late 1980s, a company in New Jersey contacted me to set up a mainframe-based email system. They had dozens of sites, large and small, all over the country. Many of the small offices were staffed by people who had absolutely no experience with computers. So after the hardware was installed, we would send two of our people out to train them. The program was proceeding nicely when the company was acquired through a hostile takeover. The new owner was a tiny company that specialized in these takeovers. Their model was to buy a company, sell off the valuable assets, and liquidate the rest. The guy they installed as the new CEO began by cutting expenses. One of the new rules was that all interstate travel had to be approved in advance by two levels of management. People were leaving in droves, some voluntarily, but a lot were called in on a Friday, given their last paycheck and escorted to the door. Among them were those people who did remote email setup. They were in Chicago running a training seminar when they got the axe. One day, I got a request from this new CEO's admin requesting that I give him and his staff of hatchet men access to our email. We fast-tracked the installation of the hardware, and I set up their user IDs. All that was left was for someone to show them how to use it. The only one left qualified to do that was my office mate who had trained to take over the system when my contract ended. But our manager had resigned, and her manager had been let go in one of the purges. According to the org chart, we now reported to the CIO, the only C-level left from the old company. He knew his days were numbered, so he wasn't particularly motivated. My office mate filled out the travel request form and sent it to the CIO for approval. He spent about a week carefully considering it, weighed the alternatives, and finally decided that this trip was necessary. He approved it and sent it across the river to his boss, the new CEO. Another week went by, and the CEO's admin called me wanting to know when someone would set up their email. Hmm, I'll have to check with the guy who does that. Let me put him on speakerphone. 
Yes, ma'am, I have the request. I'll come to your office as soon as your boss approves the travel request. What travel request? Per his orders, all interstate travel must be approved by two levels of management. I report to the CIO and he reports to your boss. You don't need a travel request to come into the city. Sorry, ma'am. I live and work in New Jersey. Your office is in New York. Those are two different states. The rules issued by your boss specifically say that without prior approval, travel expenses will not be reimbursed. From where I live, I'll have to park my car at the train station, take the train into the city, then a subway uptown to your office. There's no way I'm going to shell out that money until I know I'll be reimbursed. As soon as I get approval, I'll call you to schedule the trip. Have a nice day. It was almost three weeks until the CEO finally got around to approving the $20 travel request. Honestly, I don't blame them dragging their feet on everything related to business in this situation. If you know you're on your way out, you're not going to be like working very hard. In fact, you're probably going to try to do whatever you can to stretch your employment out. If the place you're working for experiences a hostile takeover, and you're pretty sure that you're going to be forced out sooner rather than later, are you going to just start dragging your feet and hope to stretch out the finish line? Or would you rather just get it over with, rather than deal with the unpleasantness of working for somebody that doesn't want you around? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Breeder Joey. Try and stick to the planning and the correct methods. Sure, I will. I, 30-year-old male, work as a cleaner in a school for special needs children. I'm good at what I do and I take pride in coming in every day to make sure that both the children and the teachers that work there have a clean and safe environment to work in. Some backstory, before I started working at this location in April 2022, they've had a lot of bad luck with hiring cleaners as the branch we're in technically falls under specialized cleaning and not general cleaning. In the first four months of 2022, they've had 15 cleaners that all disappointed, stopped showing up, or were fired for another reason. This has caused the general custodian of this special needs school, my direct supervisor, to be skeptical of any new cleaner that comes in, which is very fair. Now, I like to give my 110% at work, whether that's smart or not, I'm not sure, but I like to leave my work knowing that I gave it my all. That's why when I saw the daily and weekly task list and had done an online course on how to effectively clean, I knew that in practice, that would leave a very messy workplace, since not everything would be cleaned correctly. Imagine a desk of a child that has a single eraser on it. According to my online course from the company, that disqualifies that entire desk for cleaning. I won't be allowed to clean it. Furthermore, if chairs are not at the desk, I'm not allowed to sweep or mop under it, because... It's not the cleaner's job. As such, I've been making some really positive changes to my work schedule, my daily and weekly task list, and the way I do things to not only meet the minimal requirements that my company asks for, but also to go above and beyond, be flexible with teachers, engage the students, and leave a beautiful workspace. This went great for a while. Now, the custodian has, for some reason, been getting way more critical of my work, the smallest speck of dust, mist, or a drop of coffee spilled somewhere. That happened after I was done with work, and he's blowing up my phone with text messages that I need to do things differently. 
in a wasteful way or telling me first thing when I come in that I need to take my work more seriously. This morning he told me, try and stick to the planning and the correct methods, so I told him that I would. Now, I started to follow the paper list with daily tasks and my methods completely to a T. Every half-hearted method that I knew would leave the classrooms and the bathrooms in a horrible state. Trash cans need emptying? Nope, not on my list. One piece of paper on a filthy desk? No longer my problem. Spills in the hallways? Looks like mopping the floor isn't on today's task list. Sorry. The entire place looks horrible. I had to hold myself back to not do more than the list because I hate leaving work unfinished, but I was finally done. I approached the teachers of the classrooms that I had to clean today beforehand, explained the situation and promised them to give their classrooms a proper cleaning the next day because they and the students shouldn't be the victim of my malicious compliance, but they were in on it. They even agreed to give their signatures on my task list to sign off that they think I did all of the work correctly. Naturally, the custodian didn't like my work today, and we had a good heart-to-heart for a moment. I told him that I really appreciate that he wants to safeguard the quality of my work. It's what they pay me for, after all. But I hope that I've shown him, and some teachers, that I go above and beyond daily, and that today's work, that looked like a mess, was my company's standard. I also let him know that the constant badgering was incredibly unmotivating. It was really putting a damper on my spirits. I told him that I'd be doing my work normally again tomorrow, and he said he appreciated all the work I usually do, and that he'd try to be more flexible as well and put more trust in me. All's well that ends well, I suppose. I just want to make sure that these special needs children have a clean school to learn, laugh, and play in after all. Honestly, I have tons of respect for anybody like OP. People in OP situation usually get zero credit for anything they do. Most kids, whether it's a special needs or a regular school, never go a day thinking about the custodians who do their best to make sure your overall experience isn't horrendous. I have nothing but love and respect for somebody like OP who is so dedicated to making sure these kids don't have to think about things like that. Our next story is from Billy the Goat. You can't work overtime even though we're 3,000 behind. Okay, I won't then. I used to work for this heck hole of a job. I was a calibration technician, and my job along with two others we had was to keep our tools and robots in the plant in line with our customer specs. Failure to do so would allow our customers to pull out of their contracts with no legal ramifications. So, an important job. However, the rest of the plant didn't think so, and neither did my supervisor, who the company hired off the street with literally no knowledge of the job at all story for another day there. Anyways, we were behind on the calibrations big time. This was mostly due to the fact that the lines refused to give us the tools to calibrate them because they didn't want to affect production. And my so-called supervisor had no spine and kept telling us to work around it. For reference, we kept 6,000 different tools and robots calibrated and almost 3,000 in the system were overdue. So yeah, we were in trouble and it was a ticking time bomb. One of our customers had called and said the next Monday they were coming in for an inspection, which you would think would be a big old old crap moment, but no one seemed to care. I volunteered to work that weekend to get everything on that customer's line calibrated so we could avoid the crap storm. But my boss told me that he couldn't approve any overtime without a detailed list of what I planned to do. 
I told him I couldn't give him a list ahead of time as I had no clue which tools were where or what I would have to replace, but I could log it all as I went and give it to him Monday. He said no, it was either now or I wasn't allowed to show up, so I didn't. Next Monday, customer comes in within an hour of being there, realizes that almost all of their tools and robots are four months out of date immediately shuts down production, sends those employees home, and pulls their contract because now they had to recall four months worth of product. They start slamming on my department, to which I just looked at my boss, laughed, and then quit. Because screw that. One of my friends that worked there after I left told me the customer renegotiated the contract much more in their favor, meaning the company got paid way less than they were originally paid per product and the company took a loss on profits that year because apparently the customer went and told all of the other customers it could and a crap storm hit that place. They ended up selling the place after another year. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but it's kind of deserved here. I mean, everybody running the show here just ignored the problem. They allowed an awful situation to fester with the line workers. And yeah, this whole place turned belly up. And our final story of the day is from Jupiter82. Try to break your system? Okay. Many years ago, I was unhappy in my job at a university and applied for a job doing the same thing at another prestigious UK institution. They ultimately turned me down as they felt they could get my skills cheaper elsewhere and already had my UK knowledge and experience within the university. Fine, these things happen. I felt it was a bit short-sighted, but didn't dwell. Eventually, I moved on to another institution regardless. However, my group of similar type employees from across the UK got invited to the institution that turned me down to see their new self-service application that they had just finished developing. When we arrived, the guy in charge, who had taken the decision to not bring me on board, went on and on about how fantastic this new system was and how the testing was really thorough and everyone loved it. Don't get me wrong, it looks fantastic and flowed really well. He then used the words, Go on, try to break it. We've tested it really thoroughly. Okay, I will. Now I know the technology they use to develop it inside out. There's search screens you use to find and open records, and a button you can use to return to the search screen and view a different record or search again. When building self-service functionality, you disable this button, obviously, so that students can only view their own records and your code does the search and open behind the scenes. I could see that they had disabled this button, not a problem, but I also knew of a bug in the technology. So I sit down and log in as a test user and start working my way through the screens until I get to the section that collects the protected characteristics. Disability, ethnicity, sexuality, etc. Basically the stuff you collect and have to keep very private. I then press the key combination shortcut for return to search. Immediately, I have a search functionality for this very protected characteristic screen and can search all records and view everyone's entries. So I find the presenter's test entry and call him over. His face turns white. This system is alive. It's being used by students right now. While scrambling to get his mobile phone out, I continue to scroll through other search results and it shows up that it works on the other screens in the application too. Eventually the guy they hired instead of me shows up and says, we disabled the button, I don't understand. I say, it's a very well known bug in the technology we use. 
You can't stop it working, but you can prevent the search results returning anything other than the records belonging to the person logged in. The presenter was absolutely furious, fuming they'd have to shut down their new system until this issue was fixed, and they had just gone live with a massive internal fanfare. So, yeah. The university wouldn't hire me because they could get the same skills cheaper, ended up paying to borrow my time from my new employers to get me to clean up the mess the cheaper skills made. Honestly, I feel like I would be leaving that place wanting to like, point at every person I could find that maybe was adjacently related to turning me down, and just be like, see, shouldn't have turned me down, but maybe that'd be a really bad look. And maybe that'd be overly petty and inappropriate, but I mean, you would be feeling that way on the inside, I can tell. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy malicious compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 